Welcome to Behind Enemy Lines. I'm your host, Alex Rocco. Today we will be looking at the New York Yankees and what moves they could pull off at the trade deadline and what they have to do to complete the chase for 28. The Yankees currently have the second best record in all of baseball and the best record in the American League sitting at 66-38. and 38. However, the Yankees are in a little bit of a slide, losing their last three and five out of the last seven. This is the first bit of adversity the Yankees have faced in an awful while, probably since the injuries in the beginning of the year when Judge went down, Stanton went down, and everybody else on the team went down, and it was basically triple-A team, but that's besides the point. I'd say the main problem causing the slide over the past couple of games has been the pitching. And it's not the bullpen. It's the starters. The Yankees have allowed 73 runs over the last seven games. That's over 10 runs a game. And that is flat out not going to cut it for a team that has World Series aspirations. Going into the season, the Yankees had a question mark about the starting pitching. Nobody knew when Luis Severino was going to come back. And he still hasn't pitched this year. Losing Severino is a big blow, as he is one of the top pitchers in all of baseball. Severino is a career 41-25 and with a 3.51 ERA, and when he's on the hill, he's unhittable sometimes. Last year, he went 19-8 and with a 3.39 ERA. The year before, he went 14-6 and with a 2.98. When he is on, no one can hit him. His stuff is flat-out electric. He has high 90s fastball that can, reach hun- that can reach over 100. And then he has a dominant, a wipeout slider that can strike out anybody in baseball. The Yankees did, however, mess up his rehab, saying he was going to come back in May, then in July. So no one really knows when he's going to come back, but he was transferred to the 60-day DL on July 25th. He suffered a lot of setbacks, so hopefully he will come back this year, maybe at the end of the year in a bullpen role, and hopefully the Yankees can transition him to a starter. We'll see about that. But now I want to talk about the guys who are going out there every five days. And the first pitcher I want to bring up is James Paxton. James Paxton was brought in to help anchor the staff, and he has been terrible this year. That may sound harsh, But when I break him down, he is flat-out awful. Paxton is 5-6 with a 4.72 ERA. That is not going to cut it for a guy the Yankees brought in in the offseason for a pretty penny. Justice Sheffield, one of the Yankees' top prospects, had a good future with the Yankees, although he is struggling this year with Seattle. But James Paxton was brought in to be the number two guy next to Luis Severino, and the belief was that when Severino went down, that Paxton was going to step up for him. And he just really hasn't this year. Last year with Seattle, he was 11-6 and with a 3.76. And the year before, he was 12-5 and with a 2.980 RA. This year, just not good. None of his pitches, they don't have conviction to it. He's just lacking that wipeout stuff. And especially against the Red Sox, you saw it. He was... Flat out just terrible. Mookie Betts absolutely destroyed him, hitting three homers against him. And Mookie Betts is a great player. Mookie Betts kills a lot of pitching. But three homers, 
that's almost unacceptable. We'll move on to the next guy, and you'll, the theme in the Yankees starting rotation is inconsistency. And a guy, in my opinion, that models the word inconsistent is Masahiro Tanaka. Tanaka has a 7-6 and six record with a 4.79 ERA. Tanaka will give you the starts where he has a complete game shutout, absolutely dominant, unhittable, no one will touch him. And then the next start he'll go out, and in four innings, he'll give up eight runs. It's just who he is. It's what he's been ever since he was signed, ever since the Yankees signed him back in 2014-2015 out of Japan. I love Tanaka. He's a great pitcher, but he's a great playoff performer. That's besides the point. But regular season Tanaka, he's just got to hone in what he does good, and that is use his dominant splitter. The splitter is Tanaka's Best pitch. It's his wipeout pitch. It's the pitch he goes for to get the strikeout. He can set up the fastball that reaches 95, then the wipeout splitter, mix in a little cutter and slider. Can look be looking at a good starter right there. The next pitcher I want to talk about is a guy I absolutely hate. And that is J.A. Happ. See, J.A. Happ was acquired at last year's trade deadline. And he was excellent, going 7-0 and with an outstanding 2.69 ERA. He was traded for Billy McKinney, who was making a little bit of a contribution in Toronto, and Brandon Jury, which the Yankees really didn't need as they had a stacked infield with Miguel Andahar, which we'll get into later, and Didi Gregorius, and as well as Glaber Torres at second base. So the Yankees didn't need him, so he was expendable. So it did make sense to trade for Happ, and Happ was great. But Brian Cashman made the uh, great decision to re-sign him to a three-year contract worth over $50 million and as he's aging. And this year, in my opinion, Happ is by far the worst player on the Yankees. He's 8-5 with a 5.23 ERA. The only reason why he has eight wins is because the Yankees' offense provides him run support. If he played for a team like the Mets, he would not have eight wins. He would be lucky if he had three. No discredit to the Mets. They do have some young pieces, but J.A. Happ sucks. He is flat-out terrible. If the Yankees could get rid of him, bon voyage, get him out of here. Hopefully he can turn around and find the magic that he had at the end of last year. That would be excellent. Just anything to help the starting rotation, seriously. The next pitcher, CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia, the big man, you gotta love him. You can't hate CC. He's he was good last year, provided the Yankees with innings, provided a good bridge to the dominant bullpen. This year he sort of is doing that. Five and six, four point seven eighty RA. It's decent for a veteran. He provides good leadership to the young guys, such as Domingo Herman, which we will talk about in a couple of minutes. But CeCe, he's good, and we're de- the Yankees, it's going to be a big blow when CeCe retires just for the leadership. And he is the second longest tenured Yankee besides Brett Gardner. CeCe joined the team back in 2009 and was the key reason why the Yankees won the World Series that year 
as he was absolutely dominant, and he's been good. He had struggled for a couple of years, and then he, as he aged, he reinvented himself, not focusing on velocity and actually becoming a true pitcher, focusing more on the off-speed stuff. I love CC Sabathia, and it's going to be a big blow when he's gone. So the player I just touched on, and the biggest surprise, in my opinion, in the Yankees' rotation has been Domingo Herman. Domingo Herman came out of nowhere this year. No one really expected him to do what he's doing. He's 12-2 and with a 4.02 ERA, and it was in the mid-threes before his last start against Minnesota, which he was absolutely shelled in, not to dwell on that. He gave up eight runs in under four innings, but he was... He has very good stuff, Domingo Herman. A mid-90s fastball, great off-speed pitches, and I hope he's a guy that, that the Yankees can build around in their starting rotation, maybe a good 2-3 to three starter. And he didn't really have a lot of Major League experience last year as he dealt with injuries and then was sent down to the minors. But this year, with all the injuries that the Yankees have had, James Paxton went down. Luis Severino, as I previously mentioned, still hurt. Tanaka missed a couple starts this year. CC having the heart issues at the beginning of the year. He really got an opportunity to flourish, and he made the most of that opportunity as he's now one of the best starters. So, as you just heard, the Yankees rotation is not good. There's no question about it. And Brian Cashman needs to be creative in how he can upgrade this So, in my opinion, there are really four players that the Yankees could trade for. Madison Bumgarner, he's not an option now. He stated that the Giants don't want to trade him. I wouldn't trade him. The Giants are only a couple games out of the wild card at this point. So, Bumgarner, he's not coming to New York. Maybe as a free agent. We'll see. Max Scherzer, would love to have him. My opinion, best pitcher in all of baseball. Not going to happen. Nationals would never trade him. But four realistic options for the Yankees, the first being Noah Syndergaard. And when you hear Noah Syndergaard, you're like, wait, he's available for a trade? you got to be joking, right? Why would the Mets ever trade Noah Syndergaard? Well, Noah Syndergaard wants out. He does, not want, he does not like being in a losing situation. He wants to win in his career, and I don't blame him. Get to a better situation and compete for a World Series championship. Noah Syndergaard is on the year 7-5 and with a 4.33 ERA. And I know when you hear that, you think, he just sucks. He's not a good pitcher. But that's just not the case. Over his short career, he's 44-27 and with a 3.21 ERA. He's nicknamed Thor for a reason. It's because he has dominant stuff. A mid-90s fastball could top out at around 98-99 with great wipeout stuff, great strikeout stuff. He has struck out 126 batters in 126 innings this year and 699 hitters in 645 innings pitched over his career. And I would love if Noah Syndergaard was traded to the Yankees. I think he's the guy that the Yankees should be focusing on as he is the best stuff for all of the guys that are on the market. Although it would not come at a good price, and especially because it's the Mets, and the Mets hate trading with the Yankees, 
So it's going to cost you a lot, but I feel like it's worth it in the end for a guy who is very young. He's only he's 26 years of age right now. He's a guy who you can plug into that rotation with a Luis Severino, a Domingo Herman, and a James Paxton who will make that four very formidable. The next pitcher I want to talk about is actually another Met, and that's Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler this year is 6-6 six six with a 4.69 ERA, and it recently just came out that the Mets would like to re-sign him and trade Noah Syndergaard. It doesn't really make sense in my opinion as Syndergaard has the higher future, but the Mets will do what the Mets want to do. Hopefully it works out for them. You never know. Wheeler, like Syndergaard, does have that strikeout stuff, 130 strikeouts in 119 innings on the year. He, he is a good pitcher, wouldn't cost as much as Syndergaard, and would have to be re-signed at the end of the year. So we'll see, but in my opinion, he's not going to be traded. The next pitcher is a guy that Yankee fans are kind of on the fence about, and it's Marcus Stroman. I can see how Yankee fans are on the fence. He's a short guy, like one of the guys who the Yankees have recently traded for and now departed in Sonny Gray, who, as we all know, was terrible, to put it bluntly. But Marcus Stroman is not Sonny Gray. Marcus Stroman is built differently. He's born and raised in New York, Long Island. And Marcus Stroman this year is 6-11 with a 2.96 ERA. When you look at his wins-loss record... It's so bad just because he plays for the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays aren't a great team. They're one of the worst in baseball. So if he was on a team like the Yankees, you could flip that record around and him being 11-6, and six, and no one would really be shocked because he does have that great stuff. But like I said earlier, he is on Toronto, and Toronto is in the Yankees' division, and it's going to cost, like, same with Syndergaard, a pretty penny to get him, but if the Yankees do trade for him, I would be really happy, as he's a great pitcher, like I said, with Wheeler and Syndergaard, does have that strikeout stuff with most of the guys that the Yankees are looking at. The Yankees want guys to put batters away and eat up innings. So Marcus Stroman, he does that. The next player and the last starter I want to focus about is a starter that not many Yankee fans know about and not many people in baseball know about, but it's a guy that people should be talking about a lot more, in my opinion. And that's Robbie Ray of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks are a decent club, and Robbie Ray is the second-best starter on that team behind Zach Ranke, who the Diamondbacks are looking to trade. Zach Greinke's very old. I hope the Yankees stay away from him and a large contract. Not for me, not for Brian Cashman. No thank you. But getting back to Robbie Ray, he's 9-6 and six with a 3.95 ERA, 162 strikeouts and 123 innings. He's another lefty that the Yankees can add to that rotation, as well as CeCe Sabathia and James Baxton. The Yankees do love their left-handers. But Robbie Ray would be an interesting name to bring to New York. I don't know how he would fare in a big market just because I've never really seen him pitch. But if the Yankees do bring him in, hopefully he can find success and help the Yankees rebuild their rotation. An interesting development that has come out about the Yankees is that they want to bring in 
at least another reliever. Which, in my opinion, makes a little bit of sense. As since the starters have been so bad this year, they have really taxed out the guys in the bullpen. So bringing in another fresh arm would not hurt at all. And then two names that I want to talk about are Edwin Diaz and Archie Bradley. So first, Edwin Diaz. Yes, Edwin Diaz has been awful this year. Another guy for the Mets, so hopefully with the Mets you can make a package deal for a Noah Syndergaard and Edwin Diaz. If you trade for Noah Syndergaard and Edwin Diaz, the Yankee fans, it would be mayhem in the Bronx getting those two talented players. Because Edwin Diaz, he's not as bad as he's pitching this year. He doesn't, he doesn't pitch up to the 1-6 record he has, uh, the 4.81 ERA. He's better than that. Just one season before, he had 57 saves for the Seattle Mariners with a 1.96 ERA. If you can add that to the Yankees' bullpen with a roll of the Chapman, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, Chad Green, hopefully Dylan Batanzas whenever he comes back. That is another electric arm that you can add. And I would be all for that. It would cost a lot, but if it's in a package deal with Syndergaard, it makes sense. The last player is Archie Bradley, and he's a guy who can eat up innings for the Yankees. He has 46 innings this year in 51 games. The Diamondbacks don't like to use him a lot for a lot of innings. He was a converted starter. Just failed at that. But this year he's been he's been okay. Three and four record with a four point three RA. He could turn it around in the Bronx. Not much more I could say to that. But the Yankees are in a good spot. They have a really good form system and a lot of major league ready talent that they could use in a trade. And I want to talk about six players. The first being Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier is a very hot topic in New York as some Yankee fans want him in the Bronx over Mike Talkman. And some Yankee fans think he's right where he belongs in AAA. Frazier has now played over 100 games in the, in the MLB and over parts of three seasons since making his debut in 2017, he was a part of that Andrew Miller trade when the Yankees got Justice Sheffield as well. Over those three seasons, however, he has hit 262 with 15 homers and 52 RBIs. Prior to his demotion this year, he had hit 283 with 11 homers and 34 RBIs. Frazier filled in well offensively for the Yankees, while Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge were on the injured list. So you hear those numbers, and you think, well, why did the Yankees send him down? Are they stupid? Did he do something off the field that is granted that he should be sent down? No. It's because he's a terrible defender. He's one of the worst defenders in all of baseball. Clint Frazier has been a defensive nightmare in right field in the big leagues. Frazier is reasonably athletic, but he's just awful in the field. In only 80 total games in the outfield, Frazier has been worth negative 12 runs defensive saved and a negative 1.6 defensive war. That is one of the worst in all of baseball. So it's granted why he's in AAA. 
he's really raking down there, and I think that bat would play for any team, so that makes him a very interesting prospect, and I think teams should take a flyer on him because he is still young, and he could improve on that defense, but the Yankees just don't have the room for him. Another hitter I want to talk about is Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar finished second or third in, in last year's Rookie of the Year voting. If he didn't finish second, then he was third. Glaber Torres was second. I, yeah, Torres was second. Andujar was third. Andujar is an excellent hitter. But the same thing with Frazier. Andujar is one of the worst defensive players. And there's a reason why the Yankees would look to trade him, although his bat is so good. Last year he hit two ninety seven with 27 homers and 92 RBIs. He's a great hitter, doesn't strike out a lot. He did finish second in the Rookie of the Year voting. Torres finished third. That's my fault there. But the Yankees don't need Miguel Andujar. With the emergence of Gio Urshela, that does make Miguel Andujar expendable. So I think the Yankees should take that route because Gio Urshela is proving to be a great hitter this year. And he does play gold glove defense, in my opinion. So it does make Andujar expendable, and I think they should capitalize on that. So two more prospects I want to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Davey Garcia. There's no way the Yankees trade him. He's untouchable. The 20-year-old, he's been single-A, double-A, triple-A, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it to the MLB this year. So the two starters I want to talk about are Clark Schmidt and Jonathan Loisiga, two very interesting prospects. Both prospects do have strikeout stuff, mid-90s fastball, good four-pitch mix, but both guys have the same theme, and that is the injury bug. Clark Schmidt was drafted... Uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery, and he just made his debut this year. And Jonathan Loisiga, he has never thrown more than 100 professional innings in a season, and he's currently on the injured list with a rotator cuff strain. But when those two guys are healthy, they could be two to three starters in a rotation, and teams would take full advantage of that if they could capitalize on a deal with that with the Yankees. And now to what the Yankees have to do to win a championship. So in my opinion, the Yankees do have to add two starters because you don't know if Luis Severino is going to come back and you don't know how CeCe Sabathia's body is going to keep up for the rest of the year as he did have heart problems. You don't know if anyone gets injured, so it's just good insurance. The two guys I would like to get are Noah Syndergaard and... Maybe Robbie Ray or a guy like a Robbie Ray, a lower-name guy who can provide the Yankees with innings. It's going to cost you a lot, but the Yankees do have the good farm system. But what the Yankees have to do, in my opinion, on the offensive side of the ball, which we haven't really talked on a lot, is just keep doing what they're doing. The Yankees have the second-best player in the American League this year, the second-best hitter in the American League, I should say, in DJ LeMahieu, first obviously being Mike Trout. It's up for a debate, DJ LeMahieu, Mike Trout. But DJ LeMahieu was signed this offseason on a very cheap contract. Two years, $24 million, and he was supposed to be a fill-in guy at best. He could play gold glove defense. The Yankees were going to play him at first base because they didn't know what Greg Bird and Luke Voigt were going to do. But he's played all over the diamond this year, second 
third, first base, and he's produced everywhere. This year, he's hitting .333 with 15 homers and 71 RBIs. Those 15 homers matched his career high, and if he stays healthy, which could be a question mark as all signs are looking that he's going to be heading to the IL, which is a huge blow to the offense. He is by far the best hitter on the team this year, so they got to get him back soon. But the next hitter and probably the best player on the Yankees and the player that the Yankee fans want to be the captain, not who I would have as the captain, I'll get to that player in a little bit, is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, everybody knows Aaron Judge. He's one of the biggest faces in all of baseball. The six foot seven behemoth. Doesn't have the power numbers this year, only 11 homers, as he was hurt. He's only played in 47 games this year. 28 RBIs, but Aaron Judge really hitting for a good average this year at 304. On-base percentage of 427. He's not driving the ball as well, and he hasn't pulled any balls. He's trying to focus more on the opposite field. I feel like if Judge would go back to pulling the baseballs more, he get, those power numbers could go back, but... A combination of LeMahieu and Judge at the first two hitters in your lineup scares a lot of pitchers. The next player I want to talk about and the guy who I would actually name captain is the 22-year-old. I know it's high praise. He's only 22. He's actually a two-time All-Star. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, that's Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres this year, besides LeMahieu, has been, has been the Yankees' best hitter. With runners in scoring position, over the last two years, Glaber Torres is the second best player, hitting three fifty three. If I'm if I'm correct, I think only Wilson Ramos is higher than New York Mets, hitting three sixty eight. But all those other guys on the list, the top five, are all guys who are over thirty one. This kid is twenty two years old, and he's already raking. On the year, he's hitting two ninety four with twenty homers and fifty five RBIs. Torres is actually second on the Yankees and homers behind Gary Sanchez. We'll talk about Sanchez later. But Torres, he does everything right, and he's just a guy that you love to have on your team. He does the little things, plays great defense, and is great offensively. The next player I want to talk about is a breakout player. Actually, two breakout players. Gio Urshela and Luke Voigt. Gio Rochella and Luke Voigt are two completely different players, as Gio Rochella is more of the contact guy with a little bit of pop, gold glove defensive player, as I mentioned previously. And Luke Voigt is that power hitter, 19 homers on the year, 53 RBIs. He was snubbed in the All-Star game, in my opinion. 280, 19 homers, 53 RBIs. How is he not an All-Star? Dan Vogelback was an All-Star over him. I'm not going to get into that. I could talk about that for all day. And then Didi Gregorius, hitting 292, was injured for most of the year. But Didi is Didi. He's in a contract year, so he's going to keep on hitting. But you got to love Didi. There's not much to hate about him. The next I want to talk about is getting hitters out of the slump. And there's two guys I want to focus about. And one is Gary Sanchez. Is Gary Sanchez over the last month. I believe he's hitting around 150 with only one homer. That is flat out just not going to cut it. Because Gary Sanchez, although he is a very good defender this year, previous years not so much. 
But Gary Sanchez, he makes the Yankees lineup go. You can have Torres get on, Judge get on, LeMahieu get on, but Sanchez is the guy that helps drive the runners in. Sanchez is the guy who leads the Yankees with homers. 24 RBIs, 58, 24 homers, sorry, not 24 RBIs. That would be terrible at this point of the year. 24 homers, 58 RBIs, 229 average. When he was on, he was sitting in the 270s. You just got to get Gary Sanchez back. And the next player I want to talk about is Aaron Hicks. Although Aaron Hicks did miss time this year, he hasn't been his normal self that he was. Aaron Hicks going into the year was my fourth best center fielder in baseball as he plays great defense. And the bat was there, but this year only hitting 246 with 12 homers, 36 RBIs. He's got to pick it up because... If especially if Lemayhu was going down, Hicks is going to be thrusted into that leadoff spot, and that sets the table for the guys like Torres and Judge and Voigt and Edwin Encarnacion, who they traded for earlier this year. And the next two points, I'm going to keep it brief, is keep the bullpen success going. The Yankees have the best bullpen in all of baseball. Adam Adovino, 1.60 ERA. Absolutely dominant. Zach Britton, another one of those guys who are dominant. The best closer in baseball, in my opinion. You can fight me about it in a raw to Chapman. And Chad Green, another great guy. Two, two to three inning guy. 95 mile an hour stuff. Very good. There's not much else you can say about the Yankees bullpen. It's flat out phenomenal. And the last point I want to mention is just for the Yankees to continue to get healthy. Injuries have been a problem for the Yankees the entire year, and they're still dealing with it. Giancarlo Stanton has played, I believe, only nine games this year. Stanton has played, yeah, nine games this year, and all in those nine games he is hitting two ninety with a homer and seven RBIs. But when Stanton is on and actually on the field, Stanton's an MVP candidate. And most, most fans can disagree with that, but Stanton hit 50 did he reach six? I think he might have reached 60 when he was in Miami. But if you put him in Yankee Stadium, he can hit those type of numbers. And especially with the lineup with LeMahieu now getting on base, Judge protecting him, Encarnacion protecting him, Luke Voigt, Torres, all these guys protecting him, Stanton can mash. The next starter is obviously Gary Sanchez getting him back as he did pull a groin running down to first base. So got to get him back and get him... Back in the groove. And the last two players are both pitchers. And one I've talked about earlier, and that's Luis Severino. He's a top 10 pitcher in baseball. Top 5 in the American League. When he's on, he's on. Seve's just the best. He's a dominant ace when he's in. And then the last is Dylan Batantis. And he's another one of those relievers who would be a closer on most other ball clubs. And Dylan Batantis is a big blow. He is, in my opinion, or he was last year, the second-best reliever behind Aroldis Chapman. And Dylan Batantis reaches 102 with a nasty sweeping curve and a knuckle curve. So just getting him back on the field and putting him back in the bullpen is another fresh arm. It just, if all those guys can get healthy and the offense just click, it's the Yankees' year this year. And most people around baseball can agree with that. If the Yankees can keep doing what they're doing and add two more starters, there is no doubt in my mind the World Series trophy will be back in the Bronx.
Thank you for listening to Behind Enemy Lines. I'm Alex Rocco, and have a great night.